songwriting. It's often just sitting down with something either I'm uncomfortable with or something I don't understand about myself or relationship, trying to piece through what that looks like in my head. Wow, so music as a, a way into empathy. I sure think so. I have such a crush on the cello. I do too. Yeah, yeah me too. You just want to curl up and spoon <laughs> that cello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the feeling every time. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Hangout with Musicians podcast. I'm Ben Brown. I'm Megan Simper. Welcome home. This is the podcast where we spend good, quality, intentional time with our musician friends so that you can enjoy them too. Today we have Jack Keith with us. Say hello, Jack. Good morning, y'all. Oh, we got a good morning. First, though, we always like to have us get into the moment as well as invite the people who are listening to just kind of come into the moment. So we call it Ben and Meg's Get Centered and a lot of times we just talk about like, because I meditate or like we have different things that we do to feel grounded. But I like to ask our guest, actually, if there's anything even surrounding like a performance, something that helps you if you have a technique that centers you just in your life. If you feel comfortable sharing something like that with us, we can do that together. Yeah. You know, I try as much as it's possible to stay in the moment as as much as I can. Every moment, there's an opportunity to find that center. And um, when I was young, in sports, I did um, meditation and visualization for... Uh, I was a diver, springboard mm-hmm. diver, wow. and found my way into pretty successful meditation and picturing the next dive I was going to do. And I can revisit that uh, pretty reliably these days, whether it's uh, before I do a take on a song or Mm. whether it's just to get quiet and clear my head. Yeah, that's worked pretty well for me since high school, really. Nice. How would that look for this conversation that we're about to have? Would we just take a still moment, visualize having the conversation? Like, what do you think? Yeah. It it would be that. I I kind of did, uh, made an effort to just sort of clear my head. And then my eight-year-old son came down and needed to get some toilet paper. <laughs> and uh, that kind of pulled me out for a minute. But the, but the idea was the same. It was just uh, to get a clear head and um, kind of prepare for anything you guys might ask. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, maybe we take a, a minute to kind of just do that together. I'll... Yeah. Take a deep breath and (sighs) visualize the conversation going well, I'd imagine. Smooth. I like it. Laughing. (laughs) Intimate moments. Yes, I just got a smile on my face, too. Sensitive and touching, revealing (laughs) of ourselves. Okay. (laughs) Go, I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to have this. Nice. Nice. I like it. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Cool. Nice. I'm glad you guys do that to to start this event. Yeah, it just feels good. It feels like, oh, yeah, now I understand the space. Like, I'm in the space with these people now, and I can both show up and, like, really mm-hmm. listen. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, it helps me out. So, Jack, your connection to us is through Megan. Correct. We've talked a bit, but it seems like you you've been you would have met while you were on tour. Oh, I like the way that sounds. We were it it was a glorified road trip. It was a road <laughs> okay. trip for music, which uh <laughs> I really enjoyed doing. Uh okay. that passed through Logan and uh Megs was gracious enough to come play with us at the cash venue. Yeah, you'd okay. reach out to me. That show was so great. Jack learned one of my songs just like uh, mm-hmm. fairly, fairly nearly independently i didn't even mention it you just kind of had gone through my album and oh. kind of picked one that you liked and then i mean like we we rehearsed it like once 
And it sounded so good. You had a bass part and some harmonies. And it was awesome. Really super fun to collaborate. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, enjoyed learning it and getting being able to sing it with you and Mm -hmm. play it with you was, yeah, that was pretty magical. I really enjoyed that too. I loved it. It was really cool. So Jack, you you grew up in northern Utah, right? Is that where you... I did right there in Logan. Um, in fact, yeah. uh, uh, my backdrop for this uh, for this uh, setting here in my studio is um, a big blanket with uh, Old Main okay. on the front of it. So my parents both worked in, at USU their whole careers. So pretty familiar with that town. Cool, okay. Old Main of Utah State. Yeah, yeah. I also spent time at a uh, USU. That's a uh, that's my connection with Megan as well. Hmm. Right. So right. so when did you first start playing music? Was that something that was in your family? Tell us about kind of your your early music life. Yeah, I actually got to playing music pretty late, but my folks had a great record collection and I got to listen to a lot of that and uh my dad had a guitar laying around. He didn't play much, but he taught us some blues riffs. My brother and I played some uh, terrible <laughs> blues as children and mostly just, I'm going to call that percussive guitar. Mm. Uh, and, you know, had music around growing up. I, um, in fifth grade, started, uh, was classically trained from there to play the cello and played that mm. through high school and a little bit in college and actually just returned to playing the cello uh, a year or so ago, which is cool. nice. Got to college. I went to college in Salt Lake City at Westminster and um, had some friends down there who played. And I picked up a guitar, picked up their guitar and and uh, started playing and kind of took more to music at that point. Really started listening to what was on the radio a little more and, and um, pretty quickly started writing as well. So then... Uh, awesome. That was kind of the start of, of uh, uh, personalizing music, not um, playing previously written music or uh, listening to listening to records. That was really my start. That's awesome. What records did your parents have that you loved? Like, what was your favorite? You know, it was uh, a lot of classic rock and folk. Some Fogelberg, some nice. uh, Eagles, a little uh, Creedence Clearwater, um, uh, some Joan Baez, some Kingston Trio, and yeah, uh, not like a little Beatles here and there. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a great introduction uh, <laughs> to the canon. I still really feel like I'm kind of trying to sort through the songwriters canon mm. at this point. And you you started writing songs in college, mostly. Yeah, college as such. I kind of. Very shortly after I found music uh, uh, in college, I don't know if the two are related here, but I dropped out of college Okay, <laughs> um, and started playing with bands and yeah, hmm, never had thought about that before. <laughs> that might be a related story. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what, what were your, what kind of started you writing songs? It, was it just like, what was that motivation? Uh, I think probably lyrics. Mm. I had always kind of dabbled in poetry. And then, uh, once I was, once I had a guitar in my hand, the music I was listening to at the time was kind of inspiring in that it was young people making music and, Mm. and, uh, really singing with their hearts and Mm. singing in a voice that I felt like I could emulate. And so just thought, well, I could do this and started and really enjoyed it. Cool. That's awesome. You said you got a late start in music. Like what what age did you pin that down for? Yeah, I was probably 20, 21. Well, okay. Just uh, before I even picked up uh, a guitar in earnest. Yeah. Okay. You cycled back to cello. Tell us about your cello these days. Where does that show up? So far, it, it hasn't made it onto any recordings but that's the plan. I just, um, a friend had one and wasn't playing it. And I asked if I could borrow it. And um, the opportunity arose to play on a couple of uh, other people's songs, just as kind of a, a rhythm player. Cool. And they wanted a bass player. And I uh, happened to have this cello. And so I played it a little bit and uh, really fell back in love with it. Cool. Nice. That's neat. 
my band is recording an album right now. Uh, there are a couple of songs that I've tried to work up cello parts for. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm back to a level of musicianship with the cello that I, that they'll make the final cut, but that's mm. really been nice too, to kind of explore my own music yeah. on a cello. Cool. Man, I love the sound of a cello. Yeah. I love the cello too. It's like, yeah, it's nice. And- I just, I have such a crush on the cello. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's got I do too. <laughs> it's got that gruff sound. It's like nothing else can be described as like husky and gruff. Yeah, I like it. But like so soulful. Yeah, and mellow at the same so time. So soulful yeah. too. Yeah. Just like oh, you just want to curl up and spoon <laughs> that cello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the feeling yeah, every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just... um, so tell us about your band, Jack. I mean, I met your band when you came through, but yeah, Pennies on the Track is the name of your band. Yeah, uh, so yeah, Pennies on the Track is uh, an acoustic kind of folk country bluegrass uh, trio. A lot of three-part harmonies, which is really what drives me at this point to be in a band at all, is uh, being able to sing harmonies. Mm. Yeah, three singer-songwriters, which is is a lot of fun and... uh, I don't know, the singer-songwriter duos and trios of the world have had pretty rocky relationships, and thus far we are uh, still good buds, which is nice. When I met you guys, like, yeah, like, the dynamics of the band was super, super friendly, just super fun-loving, and really, like, the momentum felt really good. Everyone was on board with, like, working and, like, getting fresh ideas. It felt like ideas were coming from each person and that like each person was excited and positive. And that was a cool thing to just see that was from the outside. That's what it seemed like to me. I'm, uh, I'm honored that that was your impression. It, it very much, uh, one of my greatest loves of this band. Uh, it's, you know, we'll put a set list together and just kind of huck out songs that we'd like to play. Yeah. And, um, you know, any size set that we try to put together, uh, whether it's in a coffee shop or a bar or, uh, uh, you know, a festival, a short festival set, uh, we kind of take a look after we've got it all set and got the songs we want to play. And it's a pretty even mix of uh, whoever's whoever wrote the song and whoever's singing it. And mm. yeah, I, I love that about this band. Cool. Yeah. yeah that's so that's great. Fun. Hey, been here. I'm interrupting to bring us into our mid-break. Main reason for the interruption is to let you know about Homebase.com. That's H-O-W-N-Base.com. Home stands for Hang Out With Musicians. Get it? Homebase.com is our home where you can find a collection of wonderful musicians you can fall in love with and who've hung out with us on the podcast. At homebase.com, you can click on those artists and it will pull up their link farm, where we've rounded up all of their interweb activity into one place. Cheers. It's been days, feels like years, kissed my baby and wiped away her tears. There's nothing to be done about the miles yet to run but roll on. Like a freight train pulling coal Up in high, lonesome Rocky Mountain Valley To a warm fire breathing in my soul I only hope before I fly to a You know, we were on our way 
When we met you in Logan, we were on our way to Richland, Washington to do a festival called the Tumbleweed mm. Music Festival. Okay. It's a, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a small-ish festival and a lot of volunteer work goes into it. We just kind of jumped into that to just, you know, when we, when we got to Richland, kind of jumped in and asked where we could, where we could help out and help them set stuff up and then help oh, them nice. cook some food on Sunday morning and oh. help them <laughs> clean up stuff. And Good man. really the, the, uh, the three of us just, we click like that. Yeah. We're, we're all just happy folks and yeah. really enjoy being a part of the community that we're in. So that's really nice. Yep. That was for sure the impression that I got. It was, and it was easy, I think, because of that to just join and to feel like the even like joking, teasing vibes on stage and just be mm -hmm. okay. easy and fun. It was, it was really fun, really great experience for me. I'm really glad to hear that, Vix. Yeah. So I was going to ask yeah. you so you've got band stuff rolling forward and you're in the midst of recording. Right now with pennies? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Yep. Well, you, you had spent three days in the in the studio, right? Like you got a weekend, a full weekend in there a little bit ago. Yeah, that's true. And we're doing it again on President's Day coming up. Was that? Tell cool. us about that experience. Was it like really intense? Did you have to do a lot of setup? How were those three days? I'm sure you are both familiar with the studio experience. It's pretty intense because, I mean, you are either really focused on your own part and playing it, singing it as well as you can mm -hmm. right in that one moment. Uh, and, and it's a lot of work take after take and, and, uh, pretty, uh, can be pretty tiring. But then even when you're not in the hot seat, you're out in the room listening and, yeah. uh, you know, either, uh, giving your bandmates, uh, uh, a ration uh -huh. uh, yeah. uh, of shit or <laughs> encouraging them or, you know, giving them, um, yeah. giving them, uh, notes on their performance mm -hmm. or whatever. So it's like, uh, yeah, doing, doing, uh, 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 doing it that way, doing three days in a row is, uh, it, it is pretty intense, but it's also, we're all just, we're having a good time and, and, uh, enjoying the experience. It's, uh, it's new for this, this kind of recording yeah, effort is new to all of us, yeah. uh, and so yeah, we uh, we we bring a uh, we bring a feast up with us. Oh, and nice. then, uh, the guys were the guys uh, studio who were uh, who were recording with. They just turn us loose on their kitchen, and we <laughs> okay. uh, somebody's cooking something all the time. Got snacks awesome. out, so we're all it's pretty much a yeah, hangout. Yeah. You can give yeah. them a shout out if you yeah. want the uh, the studio. Oh yeah, to the studio. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, they're called the Spot in uh, Evergreen, Colorado, yeah. uh, and they have a beautiful, beautiful house with a an excellent, uh, excellent set of rooms. It yeah. looked really nice. Like it had that Colorado cabin kind of feel, wood tall beam ceilings, and then carpeted floor. Oh, At least yeah. like from from what I could glean from my uh, checking it out, they had like they had some really impressive um, tracks, like example tracks. They just seem cool. It was very. Yeah, very pro. Yeah, those the guys have yeah. been doing it a long time. They um uh they came out of LA just kind of looking for a different scene and and uh, were working with some pretty impressive names in LA and came out and kind of struck it on their own yeah. uh in Colorado and they definitely have a a great thing going. Cool. That's for sure. Uh oh, carpet on the walls also. Carpet on the nice, walls. Nice okay. fat shag carpet nice, on the walls nice. yeah, in that yeah, place yeah. too. So seventies. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's uh it's a trip. <laughs> Smart. That's a good homey kind of um a warm way to do acoustic treatment. Mm. I like yeah. the I mean, I, I can keep talking about the the studio if you want. I am curious about Denver, Colorado as a as a music scene, it's just yeah. that's not what comes out when I hear Denver, or at least Colorado. Interesting. You say that. Uh, I just I'm curious about your experience with the music scene there. I really uh, love the scene here. From uh, you know, from my level, which is sort of bars and coffee shops and farmers markets and kind of local town events to the downtown bar scene to big bands that are coming out of this place and living here. Uh, I, I guess just being here and being, uh, keeping an eye out for shows to go see and bands that are working and, and, uh, places that are popping up like every, every microbrewery 
uh, uh, pretty much every microbrewery has music once, twice, or seven nights a week. And um, uh, yeah, you can always go catch something good. And the quality of musicians is remarkably high, even at yeah, even at just like open mics and stuff. Folks, uh, folks really uh, are working on it. Yeah, I love it. Cool. Okay. And plus, like, I live. Uh, I live maybe 15 minutes from Red Rocks Amphitheater. Oh, and so yeah. that's kind of a special little treat as well. My kid goes to school at Red Rocks Elementary. And uh, so pick up and drop off is kind of awesome. It's right there in the same valley <laughs> with the amphitheater. So, yeah. Yeah. When you had, we've been talking about having Mama Longlegs come out to Denver. Yeah, I would love it, that. It seemed like there was not like a shortage of places to play. It was pretty pretty mm. happening and there's quite a diversity. Do you see a difference in genres as far as like the music scene goes? Is there pretty good um support throughout genres? Yeah, I I would say it's pretty diverse. Cool. There are a couple of different uh events that take place around. We have a great uh, public radio new music channel nice. here. Uh, I don't know. Tune into Colorado Public Radio. They've got kind of an indie music channel oh, that's nice. a pretty good representation of of local music. And uh, that's 24-7. They're, they're playing mm-hmm. locals. That's neat. Uh, well, maybe not all locals, but they're, they're playing independent music. Cool. Uh, it's really great. We have uh, kind of an underground... Uh, underground punk scene okay. and bunch of rock and roll. The place uh, uh, a couple of years ago, as we were kind of knocking on doors around to different places, uh, you know, bringing the band around as kind of a folk bluegrass thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were several people who we were uh, talking to about playing, and they were like, "Man, we are kind of lousy with." bluegrass bands right now we can't we can't do another one sorry oh. like bluegrass hit hard and it's a, huh. and it's i mean it's awesome there there are some really really talented musicians uh and the folk scene same way i mean so uh, uh the state uh has some awesome bluegrass festivals mm-hmm. around telluride and uh, mm-hmm. there's another one in in a town called lions Lions, just sort of uh, maybe an hour and a half north of Denver, is a hotbed for really good music. But it's right. like uh, got a great music and artist community, and they have a place up there called Planet Bluegrass that hosts three or four big festivals and then a bunch of great intimate shows. Cool. Um, uh, folk and bluegrass, m- I guess mostly, but all all wondrous hey, variety as well. That's happening. Singer songwriter stuff. I feel like I've heard. Uh yeah, like a songwriting something in Lions. Yeah, in fact, um, yeah, the Folks Festival there has a songwriting school, song school mm-hmm. they call it, and um, I, I haven't, I haven't been, I haven't dedicated uh, enough time to my own solo work, and that's uh, the Folks Fest is. And one of my goals actually cool. uh, is to attend song school. It's just they get amazing instructors, mm-hmm. and also um, uh, it's just a really cool community. A lot of my a lot of my musician buddies around Denver uh, go up there religiously every year. And Folks Festival is just I mean I don't know it's awesome. I highly recommend checking it out. Nice. So Jack, you mentioned uh, just when we were talking before talking about you know you've got your band Pennies on the Track, and then you said you have a a few solo things going on and yeah i want to hear about what you're what you're doing solo too what how does that what are you working on these days there are only a couple of performance pieces going on solo wise um one coming up in in april is uh here in just north of me in a little town called Arvada that uh, there's a little songwriter showcase uh, that I'm joining. Cool. And it's uh, kind of made up of a lot of folks that uh, I play in a few regular open mics that turn into jams. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a nice little community of folks. And then I'm really happy to uh, uh, say that uh, we'll get to share a stage mm-hmm. again, uh, Mags. Okay. We get to play in Salt Lake in March. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Megan Peters, who runs acoustic music in Salt Lake City, has house concerts. And so I booked uh, a March date with her. And again, Megan Simper (laughs) 
graciously uh, agreed to come play with me on that one, too. Oh, man, I'm so stoked about that. That's going to be so fun. It <laughs> sounds like you have an awesome set of uh, of gigs coming up yeah. right before that, right? Yeah, well, that's heavy, like, St. Paddy's Day, because I think the St. Paddy's Day itself is on a Tuesday. So those that weekend before, we got some good um, good gigs with the band, which will be fun. Cool. Do you guys like? Do you guys lean into uh, sort of an Irish uh, uh, genre, or do you stick? Uh, do you just do your your set? We we throw in some good fiddle tunes. Julie's good at that. Nice. She's got some cool some cool stuff, and we've been mm-hmm. we've been reviving some things because it's it's such a crowd pleaser, you know. And it's just it's like when else do you yeah, get to just shamelessly play fiddle tunes? Because because <laughs> yeah. why, yeah. why not St. Patrick's Day <laughs> that's a so, and it's so fun oh yeah they're just Tur- turns highly highly jammy but but I like that oh but so energetic and and uh I, know. Uh, I don't know uh-huh. danceable yeah. it's uh it's fun to see yeah. A, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. fun to see a crowd smile. move like that smile when you start hearing it mm-hmm. Jack do you uh whenever you do solo yeah. do you just bill as yourself Jack Keith or I do. I haven't come up with a stage name yet. Okay. Do I need to? Is that uh, a? I think that's a thing. Just, we probably well, need to figure one out. It's a good yeah, yeah. ring already. I feel like that's yeah, Jack Keith. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. I think it's kind of already there for yeah. for your sound. I dig it. That I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take that with me today. <laughs> I, I have known... stick with your stick with your real yeah, name. Yeah, I, I, I think you're in a good spot. I've known I have known people who have had to change their name because they wanted to be in a different genre. <laughs> than their uh-huh. name would have allowed. So, <laughs> yeah, I have as well. And uh, you know, it was it was a little uncomfortable at first, and I'm used to it now, calling them uh, what they've become. Uh-huh, and yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, but it was a little. The transition was strange. It, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah, it's quite different. And I don't know if you. Have, I think you might have to do things like that. I know you do with like with like film filmmakers, like being an actor in film. Like when you mm-hmm. register for the guild, you have to like make sure there's no duplicates you have to have your own individual name hmm. whether you add like a like a middle letter or something like that hmm. so i don't think i don't know if that's the same in ascap or bmi or i can only dream of having that problem <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> wait would you like to act are you that multi-talented oh no not at all oh, okay. but uh uh in the in the uh singer songwriter realm if i uh end up having to change my name because there's another one that that means that i Made it further than I am right now. Okay. <laughs> cool. Aspirational problems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Spending a little more time on like what you're doing now. Tell me, I just, cause I'm a songwriter also. And so I just, I love hearing about people's processes and like where they're at and what, what kind of stuff are you writing right now? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting being in uh being in a band of songwriters. We we kind of cycle. Uh we sort of cycle and all have sort of cycled together. Cool. There are months where we are all putting out song after song and and bringing it to the band and and trying it out or even songs that aren't uh, that, that we don't plan to play with the band. It's just uh we'll get really creative and and be writing all kinds of stuff and then um uh currently i think we really played ourselves out last year partly just because we kept taking gigs and saying yes Mm. yeah and traveled a few times to go play gigs and also the goal was to make some money and be able to pay for some recording Mm -hmm. time as well so we were really pushing it and now really working these songs to get them in the studio and get them recorded well We've been in a little, been a little dry lately on the on the songwriting. In fact, Neil, one of the guys in the band, just wrote to say he got a new song and he realized it the first time in a year he's written one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. my process is, uh, uh, I don't know, I'm kind of all over the map. I have questions for the both of you about oh. this uh, this process question as mm-hmm. well. But sometimes I'll write a whole set of lyrics that I want to find my way into music, and sometimes I'll have a riff that I really like. Uh, write write sort of some scratch lyrics to to build that riff out into more music, and you know it kind of comes it it comes in waves. Um, it's not I, I'm not 
usually that organized about it. I have scraps of paper mm-hmm. all over with little nuggets mm-hmm. of uh, lyrics and my voice memos on my phone are filled with little guitar riffs that I want to uh, build into songs. And, you know, when it when it comes together, it's usually, you know, when the, when the magic really happens and the, and a song's coming together, you know, it's, it's a, usually a couple of days of pretty intensive um, playing and writing and having to take a break when the fingers are raw. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one of my very favorite things about being a, a songwriter, those moments where you're just, you know, eight hours goes by in a snap and you, <laughs> uh, you realize you better record it because uh, uh, it's, it's just been in the moment. And I don't know, sometimes it's so fleeting. But the, those are, I don't know, definitely my favorite moments as a songwriting yeah, musician. Getting in the flow. So, so I have a question for both of you as, as, you know, trained, educated musicians, uh, uh, with a grasp of yeah. your instruments in a way that I probably could stumble on sometime if I, <laughs> uh, uh, if I play long enough, but didn't ever get training on. And the theory, particularly music theory that, that I uh, don't have at my fingertips to employ as a songwriter. And I'm curious about how you, feel like that plays into your process, if that improves the way you write songs or if it's distracting? Mm, that's a great question. Yeah, I don't wonder if you might. Yeah. Yeah, how do you feel about yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, it's funny when you, <laughs> my first response when you were like, having this training was like to argue with you uh, f- for like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like just almost as though my little bit of, time in academia, you know, with a bachelor's degree in music taught me that how very untrained I truly am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or just at yeah, least, yeah. you know, but I think it was enough of a dip into some tools that I definitely, I don't know, in a school setting, you tend to overfocus on the, those kinds of things. And I spent some years mm. overcorrecting and abandoning all training, which I think is Okay. <laughs> valuable too. Yeah. And being like, yeah. whatever, sounds are sounds. And <laughs> and leaning heavily on the, the feeling of something and the instinct of something, which I think are also tools mm-hmm. in songwriting. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's been recently that I've come back to training, maybe in the last f- five years or so, and really been utilizing it and sensitive to that balance of like oh like i can and what's great about music is that it it's it's a right brained and a left brained engagement and so it's like there are moments for each one to shine and they're constantly working together just as a utility as as like the mechanism of producing intricate sounds you know Mm -hmm. and so um I, that's been fun to just explore like I'm gonna mess with the I'm gonna mess with how I know maybe a harmonic structure might go based on my like study of the circle of fifths and then moments when like all right I need to shut that off and just go yeah. I hear this in my head when I quiet everything mm. I don't know what chord it is but I hear this right um, right uh that's sort of a particular piece there that I wanted to ask about. Is there, is there a, a smooth flow between the technical knowledge and the instinct or is that, uh, is it something you have to switch off? Mm. I, there are moments of smoothness, I would say. I think, you know, mm-hmm. whenever you perform, you, do you shut it off? That's like the impression I've gotten. Is that like to mm. execute, to perform like theory, uh, like almost doesn't really help there. Is that your experience, uh, Megs? Maybe from a like a a construction place, there's more like implementing yeah. theory, or even like because sometimes that generative place is also free of of the more like regimented side, and then it's like the yeah. in between space where I'm trying to like write out some chords for my bandmates, and I'm like, what? did I just do 
I've changed meters about a thousand times in a song again. How do I communicate this to other musicians? Crap. Yeah. And that's and that's other. when that's when like left brain comes in and like the oh man, I have to analyze my own methods one more time. Yeah. And then back out when we've all learned it, we've all practiced it, but like stepping back into that flow um, place of performance and of just feeling it. And that's, you know, I don't know, that feels like the purest communication of what the music is, which is ends up being satisfying again and feeling really good. And, yeah. For um, For myself. Yeah. Like I'm actually, I'm I I have an engineer brain, and I've from the beginning I've I've always been obsessed with music theory. Like I just really love it. I'll try to make this brief because this will not be helpful in songwriting because I do not have a good track record of making songs. I'm just it just doesn't happen. There's like one every couple of years, <laughs> at best. I wouldn't say that I've been trapped by my music theory. I'm just I'm just like kind of. I'm entranced by music theory's promise that you can like do really cool, mm -hmm. interesting things using this like understanding and this kind of more scientific method and mathy kind of understanding and do some cool stuff. And so I'm so entranced by that. I, I actually get quite bored of like, I'll, I'll like discover a sound and like it's really, it's neat, but then I'll, I'll get over it really quickly and I don't turn it into a song and I don't do anything. I don't add, I don't add lyrics to it and I just kind of, like just get bored with that and then keep on digging in music theory to see what cool stuff can like come about using it. But with, as somebody who doesn't interesting, I, yeah. As a, as somebody who doesn't like actually make the songs, uh, if I was to like take a stab in the dark for advice, I do, I do think of theory as kind of like a cheat sheet or like kind of like a, like a guideline. Like when artists make pictures on a canvas, a lot of times they'll like, they'll mark things out in like mm. thirds and half and quarters and, and like they'll have these guidelines and mm -hmm. you, you can't follow those things exactly, but they give you a good idea where it's going to look good. But at, at some point after mm. you've created all your images and gotten them on the canvas, it's like the guidelines helped you get them on there, but then you remove the guidelines and then you just kind of balance the thing as it is. I think of music theory as kind of those hmm. guidelines as kind of like a cheat sheet that's off somewhere else. And you're like, you're doing stuff and you're plunking away and it sounds good. And then you like hit a, hit a, hit a wall or you hit like a, a place where you don't know where to go next. You can kind of like take a second, get away from that, look at the cheat sheet and be like, okay, well, what, what are my options from here? Like, what are some good options? What are some crazy options? And then you can go back and play and then you find a solution and then you can move on from there and even ignore the cheat sheet again, the cheat sheet of music theory. So, like, it's a back and forth kind of play. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good answer and something that uh, I probably need to revisit some of my uh, classical training because uh, that's, uh, like, when I when I feel stuck, when I feel like, what's the next chord, uh, it would really be nice to have yeah. that toolkit. Yeah. Yeah. So, I have a question for you, Jack, <laughs> about... Your process, you've you've yeah. talked about uh, some songs being um, really lyrically driven, which mm -hmm. for me is my area of like, oh, please, please let the lyrics happen at some point in my <laughs> life. <laughs> that's, that is, that's not the thing that comes the most fluidly. So I'm, I'm curious, how, what does that engagement look like for you? Like, do the lyrics just show up? Do you have a regular practice of writing words? Where where does that come from? What kind of stuff do you write about? Yeah, there again, it's it's kind of been all over the map. I think up until probably five or so years ago, I really tried to distance my my lyric writing from what was in sort of my own life, my own head. I wrote a lot about, you know, experiences that other people had or uh, feelings I had about uh, mm. something in nature or 
God forbid, some politics or, you know, just something outside of my own head that I just had some feelings about that I wanted to maybe process yeah. or, you know, kind of write something to someone, mm. uh, write a write a set of lyrics that, that, would, that would be meaningful to someone in particular mm. or about a certain situation. But yeah, have kind of successfully integrated some more uh, sort of introspective lyrics in the last five or so years, which which has been a change. Sometimes a whole song will just flood in and it'll be, yeah. I mean, there again, that's uh, one of the little magical moments and it mm-hmm. doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, you know, just a whole song full of lyrics will pop out and... Praise be. Uh, get them written down and and uh, find a way to work on them. But uh, you know there are others that uh, that just sort of grind and live as little song zygotes and <laughs> uh, get put together with other little zygotes and <laughs> and um, uh, form into full fledged uh, uh, songs later on. And and um, you know it, they they kind of uh, they kind of come in all all forms. <laughs> That's great. I like the idea of a song zygote. That's <laughs> oh, that is so ripped off from Ani DeFranco. Oh. Uh, Ani, uh, she headlined, well, she has headlined several times at uh, Folks Fest okay. that I was talking yeah. about earlier in Lions. Uh. And um, uh, the story she was story she was telling included that that term, and I have since <laughs> so uh, good. used it liberally. Yeah. <laughs> that is excellent. Is that's that great. is really zygotes <laughs> and zygotes or is it like zygotes, zygotes with a little needles, yeah yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I know I know less about less about genetics than I do music theory, so I'm getting out of my element already. <laughs> it's a magical thing. Nobody nobody knows how it works. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um Jack, Ben and I have kind of discussed recently and I want to kind of yeah. ask you Basically, like we we've been talking about, oh, we're super curious about where, um, and I and I think you're like pointing to like writing about more introspective things, kind of fits in there. Mm-hmm. Where what is the meeting place of like what your relationship to music is, and how that relationship affects the rest of your life? Like, what is that interplay? look like you know as you're you you talked about songwriting as um an avenue for like processing things um but how might it also like does it inform your decisions does it inform the way that you live your life i've been curious about that (laughs) yeah heavy yeah yeah whether those Thoughts, whether processing my own thoughts and emotions and and assessing my own actions and and uh, whether whether all that stuff ever makes it into a a song or not, it's one path to a real clarity of thought. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I really uh, I I really have appreciated that part of of uh, what I, I guess what I would like to have more of be songwriting, but it's often just sitting down with something either I'm uncomfortable with or something I don't understand about myself or relationship and trying to piece through what that looks like in my head. So yeah, absolutely plays in uh, uh, all of my mm-hmm. life. The um, The value of it shows up uh, uh, all the time. I feel like there's an, there's an empathy that comes from thinking through, uh, you know, a a friend of mine, for instance, um, one of my tunes is about her horrendous, uh, crash in a marriage. And, uh, I feel like, you know, anytime we get to hang out with her, still, uh, love her a lot and, and hang out with her. And when I do, you know, it's not like we're talking about that all the time. I just feel like I have a better idea about maybe where she's coming from. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So music as a, a way into empathy. I sure think so. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm impressed by this. Um, I think yeah. I usually when I sit down to write, it's like almost always introspective, but you say you started by by looking at other people and like having songs for them is that right 
Very true. And I, I guess I, it took me a while to get comfortable. Maybe it was just getting comfortable uh, feeling like my it was like I was writing songs that were worth playing, mm-hmm. that were uh, worth my putting my time into uh, before, you know, I was comfortable sharing my my own feelings, you know, fine to share other people's oh. feelings, right? <laughs> <Just> <laughs> okay. Share those out willy-nilly. <laughs> That's not very nice of me. It's not very Uh-oh. empathetic. But um, no, uh, like, yeah, I mean, getting up in front of a coffee shop full of people uh, playing a song that you wrote about your situation, that's yeah. uh, that's pretty bare. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty brave. I, I, I do. I think there is like a maturity into what what you were doing before, like feeling other people's emotions and giving words to it and music to it. I think that's big. I think that's where I, I would mature if I went in that direction for sure. Huh. I had to think about that. Yeah. Well, I like I like that um, that kind of dual learning almost of like music as a practice of empathy but also music as a practice of vulnerability that like the songs that are deeply personal and the act and practice of putting yourself out there like on stage i mean that's got to affect a person i'm just thinking about like the purely like the psychology of the practice of playing music mm. yeah in those ways and like how mm-hmm. how where where you might see that in the rest of your life hmm. yeah i guess de- yeah depends on how you're received i hmm. i definitely feel like you know i have uh, uh yeah go ahead jack uh, oh sorry ben um i i have uh i also have an engineering brain that's my that's my day job actually okay. i'm an electrical engineer uh, okay oh, and, nice. uh uh i do not find – I don't always find – there are definitely some exceptions to this rule, but I, I don't often find people with whom I can have that kind of a, a conversation where where that kind of um, uh, introspection, vulnerability, exposure mm-hmm. is okay. uh, uh, is even – would be welcomed in conversation right. um, with, with music and with people who are uh, – in a space for the purpose of enjoying music, uh, it's very much, I, I don't know. I, I feel like that is the right, it, it was, that's a perfectly appropriate space time, to yeah. share that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I think one of the values of, of music and it's like, I, I've kind of had this running, uh, understanding of the value of music that comes from people honestly taking a look at themselves and then just like being, being honest on a page and and then how they write and like like really revealing something and something that resonates with them and something that's like truthful and honest and then when you present that to somebody like if like that is going to resonate with people because you you know you didn't fabricate um mm-hmm. like a, some new emotion it's like and people see themselves in that uh, honesty or, you know, people see mm-hmm. themselves and people mm-hmm. telling the truth about what's going on inside. And that's like, and the value of that is like the person who not only like wouldn't have had a voice for that, like they also like see a partner, like they see like, oh, wow, like uh, in those moments that I, that I feel like I'm the only person that is existing in a space, somebody else has also been there. Mm. And so there's places in our lives that, other people can't enter and we can't be together um especially like in an internal sense and like having art that has people let you know that like it's like hey i've been in that space too i've been there like it's it's a way to not feel so alone not not to feel like you're anything you're not like past what humans have ever done you know it's like just realizing like okay we're all we're all in it we've all been there absolutely one of the most rewarding things about this thing we do for sure we've um Mm -hmm. we've also talked about just like the almost i feel like i feel like you may have even used the word stubborn ben at some point when we talk about musicians and like why musicians keep playing music yeah (laughs) what what is the why so i wanted to also ask you like your why 
Jack for music? Like what brings you back to it? What helps you invest again and again? Oh, it's just the applause. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. No, that's totally not true. Oh, uh, okay. No. I was like, oh, maybe. <laughs> uh, no, it's absolutely that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's the, uh, uh, no, it's the totally that. Uh, well, so there, there are a couple of things about it. One is um, the, the emotional content. Uh, content absolutely mm-hmm. being able, even if it's a song you've played a hundred times, uh, being able to feel through that and mm-hmm. experience that emotion in a in a song. I feel like you can uh, approach it in a fresh way every time you play it, and uh, and so to right. uh, to be to have that at your fingertips all whenever there's. Well, even without an instrument, just to be able to sing your heart and and feel that deeply at any time, mm. that's hugely rewarding. And um, well, yeah, that that may be the uh, that may be the uh, the biggest factor. But also, it's a it's a physical thing. Like you get done with a mm. uh, get done with a show where you've put your whole self into performing, and you know, physically breathing hard and muscles ache mm. and like, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a really excellent physical feeling for me. Uh, I like, uh, I like all of that. I've, I return yeah. to play again and again for all those reasons. So, mm. so I, I, so I hear your why is like all the things that come with performing. Oh, uh, performing anytime, like whether it's for people or for myself in the shower, whatever it is, okay, uh, cool. wherever, wherever you're performing. Uh, not necessarily the, uh, totally a joke with the applause. Oh yeah, well yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, uh, it it definitely is. Whenever music is happening, whenever I'm playing music, uh, I get that I have that feeling. It's not necessarily okay. uh, performance of it, or uh, I mean, even the act of writing is that way mm. Megan uh, so Ben I haven't uh, I haven't heard your music but oh, yeah. but having heard uh, may- maybe you're the maybe you perform in the same way maybe you uh, deliver uh, music in the same way but listening to the way Megan presents music it's um, it's it's uh, very gentle and and yeah physical physical in its in its way but uh, like as a as a contrast like i'm pretty active on stage mm-hmm. and when yeah. i'm even just playing at home i'm moving around and i'm pretty loud <laughs> and uh like i i put like i it's a it's a pretty energetic uh uh experience and and i wonder okay. do you get that f- like physically drained feeling as well at the end of a show me um, you know what? I I really don't. Um, yeah, both of you. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I really don't play as much. Like I'm not. Um, I don't really put myself out there. It's a. It's actually quite. It takes a lot for me to go out and perform. Like a, there's like a big hump. Mm. There's just kind of yeah, like a. It's not necessarily just like fear, but like, or like stage fright. It's just kind of I don't know. It, it, I'm not really drawn to the stage. It like uh. It's it's mm-hmm. not so much that it's not so much something that gives me energy as like something I had to endure through school. Mm. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would. I think I'm pretty performance motivated, also, and it's also not for the applause, though. That's really nice. Uh, <laughs> it's it's more of a. Um, it feels like. I don't know when I'm when I'm performing. Um, I try I try to be very present, and I I love mm-hmm. the feeling of inhabiting a song in the emotional mm-hmm. sense um, with mm-hmm. other people. And when I can feel other people living inside the song with me, and like traveling through time together, hey. throughout the song. Oh, it's just so beautiful. Like, there's no, I love that method of shared humanity. Mm. And I, I, as far as the feeling drained, like, there's definitely like a, um, maybe an elevated sense of 
consciousness and presence and showing up and like, I'm sure physiologically I'm in a heightened state, you know, when I'm performing. Mm-hmm. And I do feel some of that afterwards. I don't, I don't know. It's like, a, it kind of depends on the performance too. It's like, oh, how much did I care about this or, you know, in my nervous system <laughs> when the, mm-hmm. when the actual moment of endorphins and, and uh, adrenaline has all right and now we're back in another place there's an there's an ener- right. you know an energy r- depletion a little bit but not i mean it's not too i don't know i guess I, it depends too on like what kind of songs i'm playing i i play more energetic things with with my band i don't know though like i can get pretty feel like i you know get into it yeah. when I'm singing loud mm-hmm. or singing energetically. Yeah. No, I love That's that. a great question, though. I love that description. Um, so, yeah, we're uh, we're getting to the point where we, we can maybe explore one or two more topics. Let's see. What, I mean, like, one thing that I'm interested in that I think, uh, Jack, that you can really spread some wisdom on is, uh, is kind of having the longevity of a band and especially, like, holding mm-hmm. together the bandmates that you do like it sounds like it's actually it's quite a kind of tricky thing having all songwriters having like a a a trio of people operate and tour and balance like a work life and a busy life and families and still make music still do things get into the studio like how are you balancing that like how is that working out wow uh you know the pennies on the track is one of the less stressful pieces. Mm. Um, you know, I, I just hear all the time that uh, folks in bands uh, with, you know, bandmates with um, egos that get in the uh-huh, way, uh-huh. or, um, or you know, life life getting in the way. All of us. Uh, in fact, we we're, we're all dads, and so yeah. uh, we've all got family stuff that needs to be done. Uh, I, you know, this, this band in particular is, uh, uh, kind of a, a relief. It's a little, you know, it's a little personal time. It's a little, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a friendship that we have and it's kind of more of a hangout. Uh, uh, in contrast to other bands that I've been in with huge egos, even not, not songwriting type egos, but just, um, uh, it, it was always, work to get everybody, uh, together and, and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, trying to, you know, make sure everybody was into playing a certain song in a certain way at a certain tempo. And like, um, Interesting. Though, the, you know, I, I, I guess it's, it can go, uh, any way, uh, and, and, you know, you can either be bothered by it or not in a band like that. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, I would, bitch about it plenty but i was happy enough with the stuff we were doing and the gigs we had and and right. was willing to get over all that stuff and just be you know part of a band but no not with uh not with this you know it's funny we uh, we've done a yeah. couple of uh, uh shows just you know two of the three of us and uh there's a freedom in that that mm. that when you get three guys together and you've got parts and you're trying to concentrate on just doing your part uh and uh, then you get into a duo situation yeah. and that's even more free like you're just uh, mm. it uh, uh it was remarkable i think that this this band is the maybe the exception that proves that rule that it's can be really difficult to keep um uh, keep a band together when you have okay. so many different things going on that's great do you think you got lucky or or do you think it's an attitude that you three have mm. yeah i i think the latter i think that we all recognized uh, uh right away that we we were all we we all knew each other and played in played in bands that were kind of running the same circles mm. and had all sort of joined each other's projects at, at one time or another. And, and we all knew each other. So when we did end up just, you know, let's get together and, and jam a little bit, play a little backyard barbecue concert and mm-hmm. see how it goes. And right away it gelled and we were all pretty much on the same page and realized okay. we, were, we were all nice people mm-hmm. and could get along yeah. relatively well. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Oh, I had a similar question that was like more of a like, is this an innate thing for you or is it something that you 
actively cultivate. One one thing that I admire about you, Jack, is your your momentum, your attitude in momentum, which we talked a little bit about with the band scenario, but also in your collaborative energy. Like I was super impressed by just that initiative to reach out and be like, let's do some stuff live together and let's plan some stuff and let's interact. I I loved that. And I wondered if that was something that is just Jack <laughs> that, you know, is part of your, how you roll, or if that's something mm-hmm. that's intentional that you're, you've been cultivating. I think it probably is more innate than intentional. Uh, although, I mean, music is a, is a way to communicate. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I really, I, I, I love and try to focus on that when the opportunity arises. And so, uh, but I mean, uh, I think that in most of my close relationships, it's, it's close because I do want to uh, have that. I, I want to be part of the host of that conversation. And I want to, mm-hmm. I, I want to, you know, get, get to know somebody and get mm-hmm. to uh, interact with them and be able to share whatever it is that we might have to share together. So, yeah, mm. I think probably more innate than than something I uh, sort of aim at purposefully. Cool. So more connection-driven, maybe. I think so. Yeah. And do you see a correlation in, like, the musical aspect of practicing vulnerability, honestly, as a means for connection. Not as sure about that one. I think that, you know, you recognize that somebody is willing to share something so personal. And so to be available Mm. to that person uh, uh, to receive what they're putting out and, uh, uh, you know, try to reciprocate and be available you know, try to try to offer as much as you think the the uh, person on the other side of the table is willing to uh, willing to receive. Uh, yeah, I think there there is that kind of vul- vulnerability for sure. It seems though that you know there's there's a, a technical aspect of it, kind of a challenge to uh, 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 you know, for instance, in in your music, Megs the. Uh, the meter <laughs> is, yeah. can be pretty complex. I guess I apologize. And the, uh, <laughs> like the structure, don't. It's beautiful, <laughs> and but it's just it's like the challenge of uh, finding the structure of the song and and the, you know that that piece and, and finding ways to make my part mine as much as uh, as much as I was going to be able to in that setting. Uh, the the technical part of it was was uh, of interest as well. So, yeah, more more of a mix on that one. Yeah. I like that. I'm I'm just thinking of analogies like in music and life and like what it takes in the dynamics of a musical situation and what it takes to have that connection just in human relationships and uh I you you seem to demonstrate a lot of a lot of deep listening and like to even recognize and dig deep enough to recognize something like like meter changes or like mm. also speaks to maybe your ability to empathize again and listen to the relational structure of a person and be able to join and mesh with that and jam interpersonally too yeah it's uh oh I, I, there again i'm not i'm not sure if it's uh something i could even put words like that to you describe it really well and uh Something I really, really enjoy about, uh, particularly about music, but yeah, about relationships in general. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. man, this has been awesome yeah. to get to talk to you. And just maybe as a... As yeah, a, likewise. Uh, thank you so much. This is, this is really great. So as a maybe... A, hey, and uh, I just wanted to say too... Go ahead. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, you're good. You're good. <laughs> no, you, yeah. I just, uh, I just wanted to thank you for... For doing the doing what you're doing too, this uh, this forum is just. I mean, yeah, spend some time. It's it's such a a lot of work on your end, putting all the all, all of it together, and and uh, a labor of love for sure. And I yeah. sure 
appreciate being uh, asked to come on. Yeah. Thanks, Jack. Yeah. Been a pleasure. Yep. It's awesome. Yeah. So are there um, places just as a as a final thing for listeners that we can direct folks to your work, online places, yeah. websites, social media kind of stuff, if you want to maybe throw out some spots, people can check you out. And support you. Yeah, sure. Next time we talk, <laughs> there will be <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. more to listen to from from me personally, from, from a solo perspective. Okay. At the moment, really the uh, the only place to listen to the music that I've made recently is with the is with the pennies and so we have a facebook page that's got some little older recordings but that's where we post the gigs we're playing and sort of something about something about us um in the next year or so a goal of mine is to have more of a presence as a solo artist and so yeah let's talk again excellent okay jack keith and that's pennies on the track you can check out on facebook Thanks so much, Jack. Yes, indeed. Yeah. That's Thank awesome. you, Jack. Thanks to you both. Cool. Yeah. I'll wrap it up. All right. This has been a Homecast. Visit homebase.com, H-O-W-M-Base.com, for our link farm and access to other cool musicians. Thank you for hanging out. Don't sink a wish into happiness you could borrow from between. Snapshots of the time you lost sleeping through your dreams. If it turns out that all of this is another fantasy I hope you keep the memory of all your favorite scenes Cause it's a good day for some good pain Your bones ache and your ears are ringing Your heart pounds and your hands shake it's a joyful noise to rise up singing So rise up singing Love gone blue to moon on black Giving up on an old fight Black on stars to breath on blue Still looking west at sunrise It ain't changing Thought it would change